Welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Walls Report. My name is Adam Gobeski. Really excited for some reason. Apparently I'm in radio. All right, hold on. Let me dial it down. All right, probably better at that level. Anyway, carry on. Oh, and I'm Charlie Wallace. I could probably get a little bit more excited than that. Hold on, hold on. Okay, you can go. I just hadn't interrupted in a while. (laughs) Too polite. (laughs) Not the Adam we know and love. That's right. <laughs> what the Adam I know is only polite all the time. Should I be worried? <laughs> Maybe a little. Uh, and we have with us today three symbiotic guests. We've got Kevin Vredevogue. Hello. Happy to be here. Paul Wilcox. It's great to be back again. And Doug Kobeski. Greetings. And we are here to discuss the 64th installment of our Mary Marvel movie march. But yes, we are here to discuss the October 2018 MCU adjacent film Venom. The first uh, is it really the first kind of the first movie in the Spunk? That's the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters as they were <laughs> officially calling it for a little what? bit. <laughs> really really you know. Are you pulling my leg here? <laughs> I'm not pulling your leg. Uh, they got a lot of um, constructive I mean, feedback about that. And so I believe it now it's currently the SSU, Sony's Spider-Man universe. But for a while, it was Spunk. SS? <laughs> Possibly <What>? Spunk. <laughs> the, the SS universe. The SS you got to be pulling my leg on this stuff, man. I mean, there's only so many letters, Doug. <laughs> Spunk? I mean, come on! This movie's already all about goop. Yeah. This is a movie about spunk. But yes, uh, Venom is the story. Who's drinking ice? Sorry, I forgot to mute before I uh, tipped the glass there. <laughs> like green soda. Oh, I thought maybe you're having like whiskey on the rocks or something. <laughs> it sounds. It sounds like it, doesn't it? Well, Wednesday's almost Thursday, which is almost Friday. Let's get drinking. (laughs) (laughs) You can't drink all weekend if you don't drink all week. (laughs) (laughs) Got a (laughs) pregame. Pregaming for New Year's. (laughs) (laughs) New Year's 2023. (laughs) All right, Paul's alcoholism aside. (laughs) Denim is the story of uh, a man named Dennis Denim and... uh, he discovers a symbiote called Venom. He doesn't know where it came from, but it has a sign around its, let's call it neck, that says, please take care of me, thank you. So he takes it into his household and uh, feeds it uh, jam and rotten chicken sandwiches. But then uh, there's a museum curator who learns about uh, Venom and is determined to kill him and stuff him and put him in his museum. So it's up to Dennis Denham to stop the evil museum curator and save the day. <laughs> That's roughly the the, uh, the story arc. I love the character named Dennis Denham. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis Denham. Charlie, I'm going to lift the three sentences or less restriction for you. But I need you to sing a song about it. No, we can't. Do that. We don't do that on these episodes. <laughs> When a problem comes wrong, sing a song about it. When I'm on the podcast, I have to sing a song about it. In the middle of a sentence, sing a song about it. Da na 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 na. Sing a song about it. Da na 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 na. Sing a song about it. There we go. What's this movie actually about? To the tune of Venom. Oh, Venom. He's a symbiote from space. And I don't. I, I guess I don't know that song. <laughs> I mean, I know the song. I've heard it once during the credits. That's fine. And I know it sounds like Venom. Yeah, well, basically every line has to rhyme with Venom. That's that's what I took from the song. <laughs> okay. Venom, he's a symbiote. Have you seen him? He's in Tom Hardy's... Uh, what rhymes with Venom? Denim? Denim. Anything... Like jeans at some point? <laughs> any, wor- any sentence that ends with the um of them... <laughs> get them hit them they can't hit them or get them and then the symbiote will eat them that's venom yeah talk about the other the basic plot here and by talk i mean sane or rap it is eminem you could rap it we could all see what your flow's like uh bad 
<laughs> Bill and Eric goes to space. It gets symbiotes, brings it back to Earth. Is this we got a, a scientist. Yep. <laughs> Did he say his flow was good? <laughs> I said it was bad. Exactly. Yeah, I guess I thought it might be slightly different from just speech, but maybe not. <laughs> I mean, this is sub Hamilton level. <laughs> we got a billionaire. He goes to space, brings back the symbiotes, and they can attach to human beings face. who eat your face. You can just say in the chorus at this point if you need to. <laughs> Venom. <laughs> you just need like one more sentence to wrap it up. Give the give the TV guy channel, if that's still a thing, whatever, synopsis. <laughs> so what's going to happen when Venom meets with his, meets with his friend? We don't know. Going to bring a spaceship down? Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> and finish with the chorus. Venom. The, the chorus is more than one word. He's... Is uh, it? He's got yeah, that it's like two adrenaline momentum. Is, yeah. He's got uh, momentum. Lyrics. I looked it up. I've had some time. <laughs> Venom. <laughs> you try, but you can't kill him. Venom. All right, he's in your head. Him. <laughs> Great. <laughs> do, do we do we want a, any other explanation of what the movie's about? What? No. That wasn't sufficient. Look, I just, <laughs> want to take a real, I just want to take a real quick stab at it. Okay. <laughs> All right, clearly he's been itching to do it, so we'll let him do it, and then we can cut it. Okay. <laughs> Venom is the triumphant return of Logan Marshall Green to the Marvel Universe, this time in a starring role rather than a supporting role like he was in the previous year's Spider-Man Homecoming. Will he get the girl? Will he save the world? Tune in! <laughs> tune in. Tune in. <laughs> it's, not, it's a movie that you tune in. <laughs> <laughs> this movie only airs on broadcast and cable. Yep. <laughs> no other way to view it. So once again, had you seen this movie before? My Spider-Man 3 experience was an extremely negative one, despite loving the character of Venom. So when I heard Sony was giving it another shot, I just, I I didn't seek it out in theaters. Uh, I, I watched... Why Spider-Man 3 was so negative? The, uh, I... Was it more than just the obvious? <laughs> I, it was mostly the obvious coupled with like, I mean, like Spider-Man 2 for like a solid five plus year span was my absolute favorite movie. Like I was just at the perfect age. I was uh, a Spider-Man fan at the time. And I spent like the year leading up to Spider-Man 3 watching the trailers like frame by frame, just obsessing over every detail because it was, you know, I going back another step like one of the first comic arcs i ever really read as a kid was uh, maximum carnage so mm. i was super into you know the symbiotes i was super into spider-man spider-man 2 was so good how could spider-man 3 featuring venom be anything other than the best thing that had ever happened to me and uh then spider-man 3 came out and that was the day my childhood died so Again, wow. fast forward, whatever. Real, real uh, phantom menace it, syndrome. That, <laughs> that is a perfect analog. Yes, that is exactly the case. That is what Spider-Man 3 was to me. So yeah, fast forward a decade-ish. When did, that's about right. 10 or 11 years. And I just... I, I had no interest whatsoever in going through that again. So incidentally, before I even heard y'all were going to be covering this, I was kind of going through all the old Spider-Man movies in preparation for No Way Home coming out. I have no idea if Venom's going to tie in, but yeah, time had worked out and I watched Venom and it was a movie. <laughs> Can confirm. <laughs> was not a web miniseries <laughs> that is the kindest thing i will be saying about venom tonight is that it was indeed a movie oh nice oh. wow i'm excited yeah i'm excited too now sparks this is, yeah, the first, this is the first movie that i have just straight up not cared for that i think i've participated in this podcast for so yeah new territory for me as well uh, oh. i saw venom in theaters that point we were just kind of seeing all the superhero movies in theaters you know it's just a way to hang out with my friend ross and stuff and then uh we bought the blu-ray black friday last year because it was like six bucks or something i was like ah six bucks oh why not so watched that during the pandemic and then uh yeah again today i had not seen venom it seems like the sort of thing i might have gone to see because it wasn't really connected to the it's not part of the mcu and at that point 
I was so far behind in the story there, I wasn't going to watch anything till I got to it in the March, but reviews were not kind to it. So I was like, eh. I guess that could have been a lot less kind, I feel like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes or something is what it ended up landing at. I had not seen Venom uh, before today, but initially I thought, oh yeah, it's probably not. Um, I'm not going to go go all the way. Why not? Well, <laughs> not going to go all the way on what you thought. I'm going to, no, I guess I didn't. I, okay, I guess I'll reveal that you guys poisoned the well for me, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I initially was like, uh, I don't feel a great drive to see it. I heard it wasn't very good, so I never got around to seeing it. And then in the last like year and change, Doug, you've been like, I think you'll really like Venom. Yeah. And I think he was pretty much right. You're, you're, you nailed it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Doug, have you seen this movie before? Yes, I saw this movie in theaters. And like you, I got it at the uh, Best Buy Black Friday deal last year and watched it a couple times and then watched it again today. All right. So, Venom, as a standalone movie, had been uh, in production. Well, Sorry, pre-production for quite a while. I think uh, there was talk as early as the late 90s to do a, a standalone Venom film. I don't think that not anything really came of that, but sort of when the wake of like Spider-Man 3, there was talk of like a Venom spinoff. And that actually survived for a while, even after Spider-Man 3 didn't do well critically, because in terms of revenue, it did incredibly well, so... You know, whatever makes money, make more of it, right? That's capitalism, baby. There was talk about that for a while, but then Sam Raimi kind of left Spider-Man and they decided to reboot the Spider-Man universe. And so that meant that the Venom standalone movie got kind of rebooted in that it was no longer going to be related to like the Topher Grace stuff. It was now going to be part of the larger Spider-Man universe that uh, Sony was talking about in the wake of like the Avengers and stuff because they wanted a piece of that. And then Spider-Man 2 tanked. And so once that kind of happened, like uh, Venom basically died for a while because they started focusing, Sony started focusing on the Marvel deal regarding Spider-Man. And then at some point it got revived. It was like, oh, hey, we should do Venom. And so somehow, well, not somehow, because, again, Sony saw that superhero movies were making all the money, so they wanted to make as many as they could get away with, and this was a property they had the rights to. So that's why they they made a Venom movie, which uh, is largely based on a couple Venom storylines that I've not actually read, so I don't know how close it is, but according to Wikipedia, at least, uh, Venom Lethal Protector, which I guess is a Venom miniseries, limited series. And then there's a... Uh, a story arc called Planet of the Symbiotes, or Symbiotes, if you're the trailer. Wait, uh, hey, what year was Planet of the Symbiotes? 95. Oh, okay. They recently revisited that in the comics, and I was unaware of the original 95 storyline, which is uh, why I was confused. So yeah, having not really read those, because um, I was more an X-Men kid in the 90s, comic book-wise, and New Warriors would occasionally read spider-man stuff but at that point like you had to buy like six spider-man books a month to try and keep up and it just wasn't worth it so yeah i don't maybe kevin can speak more to it than i can because it sounds like he read some more of that it was nah that was unfortunately nothing i overlapped with i played the super nintendo game separation anxiety that had at least riot in it but that is the closest i came to anything that this movie was based on Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, and then there was some talk about um, they also looked at the ultimate Marvel version of Venom because I guess in the ultimate universe, Venom isn't closely tied to Spider-Man the way he is in the main universe. And, you know, we talked some about that in uh, our Spider-Man 3 episodes. So we, I don't want to revisit it here about what exactly Venom's deal is and Secret Wars and all that stuff. So I got to say, this movie starts out really broody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, like the music's just really just like glowering and kind of intense. And, and especially I noticed it this time having, you know, remembering vaguely what the movie was like and going, this doesn't feel tonally consistent with what's gone coming up. What was interesting too, is I didn't know, but I saw during the credits that it was, the score was Ludwig Goranson, who's we've talked about before. He did Black Panther and then um, the Mandalorian also like great scores. And like I 
yeah, I couldn't have told you that this was him. I mean, that's fine. He's going for something different here, but but yeah, it just didn't see. I agree. It didn't kind of quite seem in place for the beginning of the movie. I mean, yes, it doesn't really fit with the buddy comedy aspect, but it does kind of fit with the horror aspect of Venom. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's just, I don't know how much it ever feels like they really lean into that horror aspects of the of venom in this movie i mean i guess they kind of do with the life foundation I, stuff but i mean it's a pg-13 horror movie so right yeah <laughs> yeah you you get what you get with that i suppose that's true i will say i thought that at least in the initial like sort of non-bonded symbiote animation i i found that sort of like several tendrils constantly moving court kind of look i thought that worked for me like that was I, that was an interesting look for the the creatures rather than just like a black oil slick that kills tasha yar or whatever yeah yeah that smooth doesn't have the smooth rounded outlook right <laughs> yeah i actually I, i'll agree i actually like the look of it i just i don't think it works in the horror aspect of the movie i like the buddy comedy part of it but as far yeah. as like was I really scared at any point? Not really. I'm like, okay, that goo's gonna kill that person, and and I like the action of it all. I liked the venom taking down the private protection agency or whatever they were supposed to be. Yeah, uh, I would like to point out that multiple people got their heads at Charlie. That's true. I didn't mind that either. <laughs> pile of bodies, <laughs> pile of heads. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noted pile of bodies, pile of heads in my notes. <laughs> that, that, that whole first little fight scene where like he's kind of starting to learn how to use the symbiote or the symbiote's using him, whatever like that. That was that was fun. Like that was probably my favorite of the action scenes in the movie like that. At, it's kind of a peek at what the movie could have really like aspired to be like, you know, that kind of element. Whereas, I mean, what a perfect encapsulation of what the movie was for me is that they followed that up, you know, the symbiote with superpowers. He's using those powers to make Eddie Brock really good at riding a motorcycle. Like it just the the logical inconsistency there of giving this guy superpowers and then using them to make him slightly better at riding a motorcycle than usual. It just I I just didn't care for it. That's that's what it comes <laughs> down to. Yeah, so if it, it starts out with this like brooding, sort of dangerous for lack of a better word, feeling opening. And then it switches to Tom Hardy doing a weird American accent, being a goofball. I, He's having love, so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite. From New York, but it's set in San Francisco. <laughs> it's like, wait, what accent is this? <laughs> he says he's from New York. I know, I know. And from the comics, perhaps that makes sense. But from the viewer who's not familiar with any of that, they're like, okay, that's a, that's a choice. I just wrote it off as Tom Hardy being Tom Hardy. <laughs> yeah, That's also fair. Like they, they wrote around his accent. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what American accents can you do? <laughs> Look, if, if you don't want to deal with that, then you should have hired Logan Marshall Green. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, I don't know how to feel about that. It's just probably just because Tom Hardy, a lot of half the movie's just doing his usual mumbling Tom Hardy thing, just with a weird accent. But it sort of struck me halfway through watching this movie this time around that it really feels like a 90s style B-movie superhero movie, like if they were made in like 1996 or something. Yeah. That someone's put modern effects on and then also grafted a buddy comedy onto. Yes. It's like yeah. they read my dream journal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I cannot deny that Tom Hardy makes this, I think, way more watchable than it probably would have been otherwise. Oh, yeah. He's got kind of a, I don't know if you guys watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but almost a Charlie Kelly energy about him, which is not what I was expecting out of a Venom movie. But I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, especially once he like, you know, is in his early stages of symbiosis. Sure. It's also really fun to think about him acting out those scenes where, you know, he has an earpiece in 
So he's hearing himself, his own Venom voice, and nobody else around him can hear it. Is that how they did it? Yeah, that is how they did it. And then, like, there's no CG in it either. So he's just, like, doing all these crazy things and (laughs) jumping around the room and falling over. And Yeah, part of me wanted to watch the scene in the restaurant where he starts just, like, eating people's food and climbing in the lobster tank without any of the music that's trying to make it feel more dramatic like there's something wrong with him like i just wanted this like the empty version where it just played like a weird comedy song. i hope someone has made that edit <laughs> i just love the this is dead yeah. um paul did you yeah. recognize the actress who played maria Oh, uh, I don't think so. Oh, you haven't watched Cabin Boy recently? Well, it was a little while ago. Okay. Not super recently. Wow. I didn't make that connection. She's Trina in Cabin Boy. That is not a connection I made until just now, so. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. Wow. (laughs) Nice. I thought he was going to ask, you were going to ask him about Jenny Slate as, uh. The Doctor Skirth, was that her name? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I've seen her in anything else. So. Money, please! What's <laughs> that <laughs> from? Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. I haven't seen Parks and Rec. She's the worst! <laughs> I'll be honest, I don't even know what Parks and Rec is about. It's about a, a fictional imaginary world where government works. Yeah, Sometimes. you would absolutely hate it, Doug. Don't watch it. <laughs> Why it's would you Obama. do that to yourself? It was the Obama years. That just sounds like a Sorkin document, like like the comedy version of Sorkin dramas. But it's local government. It's yeah. not like, oh, we need to drone strike the, <laughs> you know, the town because it's good to do that. <laughs> but yeah, one of Jenny Slate's big claims to fame, or one of the people who was... Uh, most quickly kicked off SNL because she <laughs> Wait, dropped an F bomb. Yeah, she dropped an F bomb in like the first episode that she was featured in. <laughs> and they're like, You're gone. Oh, man. And it was a complete accident. Like Just, she looks like devastated after she like she realizes that she's done it. Yeah. Another SNL performer who went the way way of Charles Rocket. Exactly. Yeah. Who's Charles Rocket? Uh probably best known for dropping an F bomb on SNL. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um but yeah jenny slate's in this uh reed scott is in this as uh michelle williams's boyfriend and uh, i recognize him from veep oh yeah that's what it was where he also plays a character named dan <laughs> <laughs> so they kept calling him dan and i was like this really feels familiar <laughs> <laughs> i liked his character he did some sort of believable things like letting Eddie into the hospital and like keeping everything kind of secret or hush hush being like, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm going to do these tests on you. We're not going to tell anybody about it. And I'm like, Oh yeah, it's kind of an inter- slightly interesting character. I don't know if it comes up that often, but I do like this continuing trend in these Marvel movies, at least of like the ex-girlfriend going with a boyfriend. Who's not a piece of crap. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is nice. <laughs> Like, it happens in, like, the Ant-Man movies and the Ed Norton Incredible Hulk and stuff. I appreciated that. But, yeah, we also have uh, Riz Ahmed as the, the main bad guy. He's Carlton good. Drake. Yeah. He absolutely knocks it out of the park, in my opinion. It's fun to have the the tech bro visionary be the bad person. If I had to choose two people, I would say Elon Musk meets Elizabeth Holmes. <laughs> Person of the year, Elon Musk. (laughs) Yeah. Internet troll, Elon Musk. (laughs) It's refreshing to have a movie with a believable villain like that. Yeah. Like like the genuine kind of villain that we have in real life. So... If only they could have snuck in a line about, like, I forgot you were still alive. (laughs) (laughs) It was so believable, I almost felt like they didn't need to spend any time establishing that this was the villain. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, like, tech billionaire. Oh. All right. <laughs> Two <laughs> words. <laughs> yeah. Say no more. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they didn't have to, but they do. Sure, and yeah, that's, yeah. What I, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, like Riz Ahmed just 
does a phenomenal job of being both up his own butt, but also remarkably sinister and like out of touch. It's just, it's amazing. I, I guess I had kind of the opposite experience and I don't, I, I can't really put my finger on why it just felt like the character and I can't fault the actor necessarily or the writing. Like, I don't know where it was, but it just felt like, uh, give me a sec. I want to take a look at my notes to see exactly how I phrased this. Cause <laughs> um, this is, this is harsh. But what I wrote down was this is a dumb person's impression of a smart person. Like all he did was <laughs> speechify at people. And maybe I guess if you approach it from a, you know, assume he's an established Mark Zuckerberg type, maybe they do just have that weird energy about them. But I couldn't tell. Yeah, if they should have was... had a meat and toast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if you know, if he wasn't doing a good job of acting or if he was doing a perfect job of acting like someone who's like barely pretending to be a human being. Like, I don't know. He just didn't click for me for roughly that reason. Apart from the sentiment, I agree with what you said. Right. You know, dumb guy's idea of a smart guy. I mean, that's to me, that's what a tech billionaire is, right? That's fair. No, that's a, that is a great point. Like the kind of person who would go on Joe Rogan. <laughs> it all comes back to Elon, huh? Well, I mean, you've also got the medical experimentation. There's there's your Elizabeth Holmes. Yeah, I mean, I bought it. I there was a no part where I was like, all right, this guy's too much. So, which could have easily happened, right? You could have just been like, all right, I'm done with you. Like, let's dial it back here. And that didn't happen. So, but maybe that's because I also just sort of appreciated how matter of fact his evil was. Yes. He wasn't like cackling evil, but he was just like, all right, human experimentation. Let's do it. Yeah, I I liked it. He was pretty cackling evil. I mean, when you kill the first homeless guy and you're just like, okay, let's go with, you know, the second homeless guy now. That's, I don't know how you get much eviler than that. It's not cackling, though. But it's, it's not efficient. cackling. He was not right. literally cackling. I yeah. <laughs> that, that's it's efficient. <laughs> look, look. Fail fast, okay? You know, yeah. this is Silicon Valley stuff, right? <laughs> he, he very much comes off as a guy whose money insulates him from criticism. He's like, okay, this is what we're doing now. And nobody has the guts to say anything to him. Like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't kill people. Except for Jenny Slate. (laughs) Exactly. See what happens. Like, even she was on board for a while. Like, (laughs) she had to get a journalist to go. And sorry, that's another problem I had with this. And I don't bring up these points unless I'm already annoyed at the movie. Why couldn't she have just taken a couple pictures of the dead people and given them to Eddie as opposed to sneaking Eddie into the facility to take pictures? It just seems like you could cut out the middleman on that. Yeah, he wouldn't have believed her. What's with this facility, too? It's like, you know, they've got private security forces, but it takes them like a day to figure out it was Jenny Slate who let him in. <laughs> like, there's got to be cameras everywhere. And then she comes back to work. <laughs> yeah, I guess they didn't even, they couldn't identify a pretty well-known journalist based on what I assume were security logs of him strolling into the building <laughs> directly <laughs> next to the employee. Maybe they don't. Dude, maybe he, does, he doesn't want many cameras, you know? <laughs> okay. All that human yeah. experimentation work. That's on. fair. You'd have all point, these, this record of people being disappeared into the building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think you, I, I think you got it there. Uh, Michelle Williams in this movie as well. Yeah. I liked a little bit more what they did with her at the end of the movie, but not the beginning, where I was like, okay, motivation for Eddie for the first three quarters of it. And they kind of give her something to do. This is the kind of like start of the movie with her character where you just immediately get the sinking feeling like, okay, what's going to happen to her? (laughs) And I was just happy that she was alive by halfway through the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're way too happy. Something is something bad is going to go down. (laughs) Yeah. When it got to the part where she's like, all right, yeah, I'll grab the symbiote and bring it to him. Like, all right, that's a more interesting character. You know, props to Venom, because uh, we got She-Venom here in the first movie, whereas the Ant-Man series made us wait until the second movie before we got the Wasp. Oh, that's true. You know, Venom Venom knows what the audience wants and delivers it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Venom better than Ant-Man. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to talk about the characters a bit because the plot's kind of, eh. <laughs> like I said, it just feels like your standard 90s B-movie superhero sort of right. plot. Nothing particularly exciting about it, I feel like. Other than the buddy comedy aspect grafted on. Yeah, this movie would have you believe it's very difficult to stop a rocket launch. I'm not sure that that's true. I mean, <laughs> when you can, like, spawn, like, giant blade hands and decapitate <laughs> everyone in a single giant room. For sure. Destroying right? every single computer associated with the launch of the rocket. <laughs> They're unnecessary to the process. Look, all they all they were doing were just handling the countdown, just the display of the countdown. <laughs> <laughs> Once you started rendered. the countdown, all of the intelligence was in the rocket itself. <laughs> and besides, the one guy in the back, he tried to stop the rocket launch, and you saw where that got him. <laughs> I like that only one guy out of that room of 50 thought like this is this is a bad idea. Like 49 <laughs> people were pretty on board. <laughs> they were, yeah, just, well, they were come cult on. victims. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else at that place at the Life Foundation had stem brain. <laughs> Science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Yep. What's stem brain? It's a thing that I just made up. You know, it's that kind of uh, detachment from reality. They're just like, yeah, science. It's so cool. This is great. We're doing awesome things. This is wonderful. With just absolutely no concern whatsoever for piddly stuff like ethics. Which, to be fair, I mean, when when the alternatives are probably, oh, you can be an app developer. It's, it's like uh, DoorDash meets Uber, but, you know, for pets. Like, oh, you know, we'll, we're going to deliver a cat to your door so you can pet it for a couple hours, and then we're going to take it back. Like, unless you want to be that app developer, you know, Life Foundation's where it's at. I don't know. That Good. sounds profitable. I was actually thinking that's not a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call it, like, Cat Pat or something like that. Ooh, that yeah. could work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and especially, like, I'm or, allergic, or but not that you, allergic. I could get a couple <laughs> hours of smoke. <laughs> well, you could call it, so they could all be delivered via bikes, so it's environmentally sound, and you could call it petal. Yeah. That disturbs me how well that works. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I do have one plot-related question. So, um, well... I have more than one, but I have one. <laughs> I got some <laughs> worth asking. <laughs> so uh, Carlton Drake's like they've he's achieved symbiosis. I want that symbiote back, right? So then, why do they immediately send super explodey drones after him <laughs> in the chase scene where they pass the Rialto Theater at least three times? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that entire chase scene, as I already complained about, was because Sony wanted explosions and shiny things. It's it's cool that the main character's racing on a motorcycle and a bunch of cars are exploding and yeah, explosions. You, you guys didn't complain about uh, car chases through San Francisco during Ant-Man and the Wasp. I don't well, see what the issue is here. It's the and, same thing. It's just at night now. Hey, that seemed geographically slightly less <laughs> loopy oh yeah uh, and and b they weren't throwing explosive devices at the lab cube that they were trying to recover <laughs> i'll be honest the explosive devices thing was really odd particularly in that they're, they're sending flying ieds through the city, just right. Willy setting them off willy nilly with blue <laughs> flame, no less. It's it's very conspicuous, and you're just like, we just wrecked so many cars. There's so many explosions. Where are the cops in all of this? And then the end of the scene. Oh, there's the cops. Why did they develop kamikaze drones in general? You'd think like drones that shoot bullets or something would be a little bit more effective and at least from a cost perspective as opposed to a one-time use drone that explodes in blue fire. 
you're you're, well, you're you're not thinking about it from the manufacturers, the vendors' standpoint. Okay. <laughs> if, yeah, I mean, if your customer <laughs> blows up the drone, they need to buy a new a one. new drone. Yeah, and when we're talking that size of drone, it might be more efficient just to crash them. Yeah, actually. <laughs> Besides, Doug, do you know what the service contracts are on those uh, <laughs> those machine gun drones? I'd rather just blow them up. It was also weird. We got to the end of the scene, and Tom Hardy's on the ground with his legs broken, and then the main like security force bad guy is just gloating over him. And I'm like, "What about the last ten minutes of this movie? Did you not see?" <laughs> All he saw were was a computer screen where he was flinging drones at stuff. <laughs> I guess and he's like, "Oh, I got yeah, yeah. crash into him right now." I guess maybe he didn't fully understand what was going on up to that point. He was he just, just having thought, a good time. He just <laughs> thought he was taking on a guy who's really good at riding a motorcycle. Yeah. As Kevin pointed out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I guess, yeah, at the end, why didn't Venom lead off with the turning into Venom and eating everyone and then like jumping 40 feet into the water and swimming off? Like that's, it's a weird thing to hold back in My- lieu of. My Go guess ahead. on that was that uh, Eddie Brock was holding him back, trying to control him. And then when he got so seriously injured, he lost control. The little control that he had at that point. That could be. That makes decent oh, sense. Yeah. It was Eddie Brock's uh, chase scene. He needed, he needed some time in the spotlight. Okay, but let's, let's move on from plot stuff then. And I want to talk a little bit about the buddy comedy aspect. Because I don't think we've actually really discussed <laughs> Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. Uh, I'll, I'll say it. It's the best part of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I agree. Yeah. (laughs) Brianne found it. I don't know if off putting is the right word, but just a little odd that Venom was speaking so colloquially that he's like, you're a loser, Eddie Brock. Brianne was like, what? (laughs) That is exactly what I was going to bring up. There's, there, there are moments that work really well. Like, as we already mentioned the, like, why would you eat all their heads and pile them up? pile of bodies pile of heads like that i thought was fantastic the like i'm a loser on my own planet just like you and now we're best friends was just strange for this venom alien to be saying that is so, true but i also thought of eddie brock's head though like that's where he got the the language right yeah yeah he <laughs> knows him true, better but than i him. also thought I also thought that was hilarious when he said, I'm a loser on my planet. (laughs) (laughs) It really makes you root for him. It makes him the underdog. There's a version of this movie where they really embrace the, like, killer clowns from outer space B-movie-ness of it, where, like, that works perfectly. But this movie just kind of, like, bobbles back and forth between Sony going for, like, yeah, like, Venom's really cool, and then, again, you have the, I'm a loser, too, and I love you. Like, it's... The, the the back and forth there, again, just didn't really work for me. You know, I, I found, not to be completely contrarian on this, but if a movie's going to be bad, I feel like the, the self-awareness has gone too far. And it's good to see a movie that <laughs> also kind of try to, tries to be earnestly like, accidentally bad. Like, that's <laughs> part of the appeal, too, is taking itself a little bit seriously. <laughs> So the it time can't it be was a good so bad movie if it doesn't try to at least be a good movie a little bit. The Tommy was so principal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that that's like that's like in its purest uh, form. You're tearing me apart, Venom. <laughs> <laughs> the accent's actually not too far off either. As I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I found this appealing. It's, it's got some Tommy Wiseau vibes. <laughs> I'm a little conflicted about what I think about this movie, just because the first thing I looked at before I started was the runtime. And that doesn't <laughs> really tell you anything about what the real runtime of this movie is. Yeah. What do you mean? Told you exactly what it was. It was like, what, 112? <laughs> it was like 150 minutes or something like that right 112 minutes it was one hour 52 minutes so i i spent like the first like 40 you know minutes or so being like oh i wish like we just get to the part where tom hardy actually gets infected by venom right it felt like a took a little bit long to get there and then the credits start rolling about 20 minutes before what was supposed to be the end of the film <laughs> So it turned out to be like essentially like a 90 minute movie. 
And I was expecting 20 more minutes, and I was just like completely thrown well, by that. They used you got, a large You got five minutes of a better movie. That's true. <laughs> that yeah. was that really threw me too. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I remember that happening in the theaters and <laughs> just being like, Ross and I were just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you have a thing at the beginning of the movie telling you to stick around to the end for a preview of Into the Spider-Verse? I don't recall that, but I think I had heard somewhere that there was something at the end, in addition to the Woody Harrelson scene we haven't mentioned, because it's okay. Because I actually, the next one. Because I actually got something in the theater, like on up on the screen, you know, telling you to stick around to the end for a preview. I just had like the last music credit immediately before those five minutes said theme music from Into the Spider Verse. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So the fact that it was a 90-minute movie, like... I like that. Is that that against it? That's in his favor. I don't think it should have been any longer than 90 minutes. I kind of wish that we'd gotten to the Venom action slash buddy comedy stuff a little bit sooner as a result, you know? Like, if it's going to just be 90 minutes, then if you're wasting the first 30 minutes... With setup... Well, I mean, how much setup we need? It's aliens on a, you know, an asteroid they brought to Earth. Tech billionaire, bad guy, poor schlub gets infected. I I did have the same thought when I was watching this that it the beginning for me dragged a bit as we were just waiting for Venom to come. And I don't know, I kind of felt like Riot, the the symbiote bad guy, which I don't know that we ever actually covered yet, very, very slowly walking from where he landed to the Life Foundation was kind of maybe not an apology for that, but like, a, like guys, don't worry, there's some symbiote stuff that's going to happen and it's going to be cool, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, it, just, it was the action that kind of strung us along until Venom finally started doing All Venom right. things. <laughs> Well, there was definitely a part of me that was like, it took you six months to figure out how to board a plane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that movie. <laughs> maybe it's like, not a full movie, maybe like a 20-minute YouTube video, but you I want to know what that, how that happened. Did he like walk to the ocean and start going in and then just realized he was too buoyant? <laughs> <laughs> or was walking along the bottom for like... A day and be like, I don't think I'm going to yeah. make it. I better go back. <laughs> <laughs> got to the co- saw the continental shelf. Of the yeah, <laughs> like I ain't going down there. <laughs> now, in the comics, there is precedent for Carnage at least becoming bonded to a shark. So there could be, you know, a little bit of story there if they decide to go the underwater route. I don't know. Just throwing that out there. If nice. Sony happens to be listening. <laughs> I haven't seen the sequel, so I don't know what happens in that, other than I, Carnage is in it, because that's his name's in the title. Of course. I also haven't seen it, but I, it is now available for rental, so I'll be checking it out in the not-too-distant future. I think I heard someone describe it as a queer romance film with superhero aspects continually intruding. Huh. Hmm. So any, any parts of Venom that you enjoy that we haven't discussed yet? I like the part where at at the end when he's in the the market and uh venom gives that little speech to the guy who's trying to get protection money and and i'm like what venom's Venom's gonna let him go and then he's like nah i'm gonna eat him (laughs) no one's ever gonna know i said that i'm just gonna eat him (laughs) you know how i uh complained that some of the last few movies were a little too um good not good, but they seem to have weird propaganda aspects to them. Um, it was refreshing that the character here was kind of a fighting for the little guy against the big corporations and rich people and the politicians who want, you know, like the homeless problem to just go into the background. I appreciated that for a character. It feels kind of sad to ha- to, to have to say this, but... In the context of all of these uh, Marvel movies, it feels a little subversive. Like, this is the kind of guy who would be reporting on the bad stuff that Tony Stark's, uh, you know, subsidiaries are engaging in, rather than engaging in them as an employee of Tony Stark's subsidiaries. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you could see him be 
becoming the villain in a different <laughs> movie by having something like just by going like a little bit too yeah. far. <laughs> it's like, oh, you better that. turn on him now because he messed up that one time. So he's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, he's got a little bit of that Michael Keaton energy. <laughs> yeah. All right, I can see it. He's kind of problematic as a journalist too oh for sure that's all i also kind of like that it was like eddie brock is not supposed to be you know he, he's not supposed to be flash thompson he's not supposed to be like all all american great guy he's kind of a not so great dude and so it's it nice. off big vice energy or whatever yeah <laughs> let's see several issues with you hacking into you your uh girlfriend's work email <laughs> yeah, like, yeah i'm thinking vice but with like lower moral standards somehow <laughs> so i kind of talked about a little bit but i just i enjoyed uh the character of dan lewis the doctor boyfriend which by the way that name is now slightly distracting to me because that's the name of the newest companion on doctor who but <laughs> see that as it may <laughs> Like, I just liked how he's, like, trying to help him, but he's also like, oh, you're in trouble. And so I actually really like the scene with um, where the symbiote gets separated from uh, Venom in, the, like, the, M- the MRI room and stuff. And the way uh, Dan Lewis is like, you're going to leave me alone with that? <laughs> <laughs> I like the symbiote fight at the end, especially when they were both converging on each other and fighting and then, like, separating. Yeah, I did like the moment where they, the riot uh, absorbed Venom for a bit, for yeah. like a half second. I thought that was kind of neat. I liked it when it just, for a moment in the fight, when they're both just human, like separated from the symbiote, I was like, this feels really anticlimactic. <laughs> like, I felt like they could have leaned into that a little more, like have them throw some really weak punches at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I did like not for that fight, but one of the earlier ones where Eddie Brock is about to be murdered in the woods and he tries to take the bad guy's gun and just completely, absolutely could not fail harder at it. <laughs> He's like, well, I guess that's, that's what comes from being a specialist. Huh? <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> Kevin, was there anything you liked about the movie we haven't I mean, as, as I've touched on, there there are little things. I mean, uh, I keep coming back to Pile of Bodies, Pile of Heads, but that did make me laugh out loud. Um, Dan Lewis, actually, of all, all the characters, I did enjoy him, relatively speaking. I mean, he didn't do that much, but, like, you know, he was reasonably well acted. He wasn't a piece of shit. Like, I, I I took that. He reminded the lady that she wasn't supposed to have a dog, but he didn't insist that she take the dog and, away. Yeah, you know, he was pretty okay with the dog situation. <laughs> oh, I liked his boss. the Eddie's boss, who was there for, like, two scenes, but behaved like a rational human being when Eddie went to, like, the guy who owned the friggin' newspaper or whatever he worked with and was like, hey, what about all these people you murdered? Like, obviously that wasn't going to go well. And his boss told him he was an idiot, and he was an idiot. So, and that I remember that's from Luke actor. Cage. Yeah, he was. He was in the barbershop at Luke Cage. You're right. Yep. That's that's where he's from. I think so he's I like in that This guy. Is Us. I think that's what he's actually known for. <laughs> One other thing I wanted to mention that we haven't really talked about, though, actually kind of like the song the venom song that eminem does yeah like you've actually listened to the lyrics like they're actually not that it's surprising right but you know they're pretty clever like there's some stuff about how like eminem if you grew up listening to eminem's music then he's a part of you so that makes you eddie brock and he's venom or something like that obviously expresses it a lot better than what i just did (laughs) (laughs) but they're like there's clever stuff in there that i appreciated and obviously, as we've heard, Brienne thought it was catchy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, does, the, does that part of our Merry Marvel Movie March song off? Uh, yes, it is. But I don't know if I want to waste the time. <laughs> That's fine. It'll, <laughs> it'll be added to our list. It, it yeah. kind of harkened back to like when Will Smith, for every movie he was in, would do a rap like Wild Wild West or Men in Black. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't mean that in a negative way. It just kind of <laughs> lends back to, I think, the point you brought up, Adam, that it just kind of has this 90s vibe about it. And that kind of goes along with that. I guess that's late 90s, but yeah. still. Yeah, like apart from the special effects, you could easily feel that this movie could have... Uh been like summer of 99 or something 
All right. So ultimately, what'd you think of Venom? Would you uh, join the symbiotes in attempting to conquer the planet and devour all life on Earth? Or would you try to stop the symbiotes from devouring all life on Earth and bringing their invasion force? <laughs> which one is which? Um, <laughs> you know, I like where this is headed because I think it'll be funny for Kevin to grapple with what side he chooses. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a an out of ten, so I'm I'm hereby open the floor for suggestions beyond symbiote. How many bad guys heads devoured out of ten? How many live lobsters out of ten? Oh god. <laughs> uh, How many garbage can chickens out of ten? <laughs> <laughs> it's a horror movie, you know. It, this monster takes you over and makes you eat garbage till you puke. <laughs> I guess I'm asking, how many garbage can chickens out of ten? Because you could eat ten of them. <laughs> you want to get this movie? <laughs> oh, bottomless pit when it comes to garbage can chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking full chickens here. <laughs> so, I really like this movie. It's got heart to it. The hero is a guy who's standing up for the little guy and biting the heads off of criminals and just making the world a better place, saving, saving the world. And it's honestly, it feels to me like a dumb movie for dumb people. (laughs) And that's why I'm giving it nine garbage can chickens out of 10 (laughs) because it is a lot of fun. It recognizes that it's dumb, but you know, just rolls with it anyway. You know, it's like, Oh, it doesn't quite make sense to be sending suicide drones against this guy. You know what? We're not going to address it. We're just going to do it. That's a lot of garbage. This movie forces you to eat. Apparently <laughs> I'm getting hungry. guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, nine, nine garbage can chickens out of 10. Oh, better chase it down with some badly cooked tater tots. <laughs> <laughs> Straight from the bag. <laughs> or the burned uh, toaster oven. <laughs> oh yeah. This, I actually enjoy this a bit. Bit more than I thought I would. It's you know a good length. It's like a ninety-minute movie. It takes too long to get to the best parts of it, which are Tom Hardy and Venom, and Tom Hardy with Venom. Uh, it's all the action stuff and all the buddy comedy stuff. I think one of the most disappointing parts about it is when you see that you're like, oh, this this movie could have been a lot better, right? There's a lot of potential there, and it kind of makes me interested to see the next one. I guess I could read your reason stuff, but I haven't yet. Maybe I'll just go into that one blind and hope that they lean into this stuff a little bit more. That's my plan. <laughs> Amen. I think Tom Hardy's great in this too. I think it's just all of his choices are just like kind of weird and his accent's kind of weird, but I think it all just works and just is, it's kind of hilarious. I like the stuff where Venom's in his head and saying things that you don't really expect the symbiote to say. Like, if you don't know the character, I guess. So I, I'm looking back at my previous ratings. I'm just trying to find things that I think it's similar to and how much I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to give it 6.5 garbage can chickens out of 10. The half a chicken is... Half a chicken? Uh, yeah. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the left half. It's <laughs> there, there was more to enjoy here than I imagined that there would be. Like, we need more scenes of him jumping in lobster tanks, for sure. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with Venom. I went in kind of knowing what to expect, and it did not disappoint. Like I kind of said before, I think what I really like about it is that it is kind of has that like cheesy action movie quality, but doesn't you know completely abandon it, trying to take itself a little bit seriously. You know, some, sometimes I, I uh, as a lover of just kind of bad movies. They've become a little too self-aware lately for me, and I I like to just see it kind of be dumb and know it's dumb, but also kind of play it straight at the same time. I think, you know, Tom Hardy is a a delight in this weird accent and all, and, uh, you know, a lot of great, you know, fun performances, and just made me laugh out loud actually quite a few times. So I think I will give Venom, uh, I'll give it eight. Point five garbage can chickens 
out of 10. That, that would be the right half of the, you know, the other half of, of uh, the half that I did. Charlie's. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we, we split that. Paul went right in behind him. Yeah. I was like, you going to eat that? You're leaving good right chicken in here. <laughs> this will go great with my left beef. <laughs> wow. I haven't thought about left beef in a hot second. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't deeply hate this movie i (laughs) hell of a start yeah i i have no intention of watching it again but i'm not actively angry that i watched it the the most frustrating thing for me besides what i've obviously already complained about is that there's a perfectly good spider-man centric venom origin story and really just an og like comic eddie brock character that has been either delayed or possibly just removed from existence because this to me mediocre film made bank i i i I can't argue with the dumb movie for dumb people as was excellently stated earlier (laughs) but for me it's it's personal like i i love the venom character i really want to see it done right with with right i acknowledge being extremely subjective this was a three and a half garbage chickens out of 10 for me. Uh, frankly, the half garbage chicken, I started thinking I was going to rate this a three and you guys made some compelling points that <laughs> caused me to raise it just, just a half. So you guys are the garbage can half chicken that I've added to my rating. We convinced him to yeah. eat more garbage chicken. <laughs> it won't make you that sick. <laughs> Yeah, I think we've all, well, not all of us, but most of us have all been kind of grappling with the thing that I've been grappling with, of that I find this movie really difficult to give just a rating to, because it's not a good movie, but it is an entertaining movie. (laughs) And I just feel like, since we didn't do the negative-positive scale that Doug was mentioned a long time ago, only we'd known. um, (laughs) It's like, yeah, I'm not sure what... I should rate this like I largely agree with what people said like the plot holds together kind of but there's lots of dumb moments but Tom Hardy's great and like the characters themselves are more or less you know they're interesting and you know well acted and stuff but they're in a movie that's dumb but it's not self-aware that it's dumb but it is a little bit but not too much it's just it's really I just think that the most appropriate rating I can give this is 69,420 garbage chickens out of 10. <laughs> You're going to be eating uh, that garbage for the rest of your life, man. This is where the shades come down and the deal with it shows up. <laughs> All right, I'm typing it into the website right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just looking at my ratings of just like, and then just ranking it in terms of like enjoyment, like, did I enjoy this movie more than Spider-Man 3? Yes, I did. Did I enjoy this movie more than X-Men Apocalypse? Yes, I did. You know, so just kind of stuff like that. I think this is going to end up being about a 7 out of 10 on our scale, and just in terms of enjoyment. And that feels about right. That's like around the place of like The Incredible Hulk, Blade 2. So, yeah, 7 garbage canned chickens out of 10. But secretly... 69 420 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I like the spread on this movie. This yeah. is good, good yeah. diversity of opinion here. Oh, well, thanks everyone for joining us on installment 64 of the Mary Marvel movie March. We're now going to jump forward two whole months to our final 2018 movie. Cause there's six of them. It's a lot of 2018 films. Wow. And uh, we are going to watch the Academy award winning Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So I hope you can all join us for that. Do I have to watch the whole thing? I just watched five minutes of it. (laughs) You can go get yourself a nice tea (laughs) during that time. Yeah, that's your bathroom break. (laughs) Oh, I saw a rough version of this. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah, so hope to uh, hope you'll come back for that. And anything we do in the meantime, I'm Adam Gobeski. Venom. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Charlie Wallace. A special thanks to our three symbiotic guests. We've got Doug Gobeski. Thank you for having me, Paul Wilcox. It was, uh, uh it, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> now you're questioning I, I just, whether I, you I enjoyed like, the podcast. <laughs>
No, I was just like, was it like a turd in the wind? <laughs> what would you rate this experience out of 10? <laughs> and Kevin for Rate of Vogue. It has been a pleasure. See, I thought you might go for Venomous, but you didn't. Ah, uh, yeah. No, I was deciding how long I wanted to sit there and think about it. I was like, I guess not long. <laughs> oh, I, I meant Paul. I thought oh, Paul might um, go for it. It's been a Venomous time. It's been a riot. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our show. Make sure to check out our website, GobeskiWallSupport.com. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. Just follow us at GWReport. And we're on the Facebook as well, just like our page, the Gobeski Walls Report. I kind of forgot what was happening. <laughs> it's always so hard with the Twitter with like the at. Like, you don't have to say at, do you? I don't know. That's a question for the listeners to decide. So part of the reason why I've been so chuffed about getting to this movie is because I fully expected it to be one of the most difficult ones to rate of the entire Marvel oeuvre. I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, it certainly sounds like some people had a challenge. Yeah. It's like a, it's a, a 10 point rating system really isn't designed for entertaining <laughs> ad movies. Yeah. It makes you think a whole lot about like your, your personal like rubric, you know, <laughs> That, that completely shifts as the march goes on. It's funny that you say that because because of this movie, I actually wrote myself up a scoring system just to figure out how I was going to like like I I am actively looking at it and yeah, that's that is what this movie does to you. That's awesome. It really makes you question all your beliefs. <laughs>